Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Are you tired of investing your time and your energy into relationships that go nowhere and you know deep down the common denominator is you? You have awareness that whatever you're doing right now in relationships is not working, it's not serving you, and you are ready to take ownership of this area of your life and finally learn how to embody a securely attached, confident woman who can attract a great relationship. If that's you, I have a very special invitation I want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. This is a program designed to help you no matter your attachment style, no matter your relationship past, it will help you move to secure attachment so that you can show up confident, you can communicate well, you can navigate any kind of conflict, and you can create that relationship that you've always wanted while simultaneously having high self-worth and high levels of self-love. If that's you and you know that in 2022, you are ready for a great relationship and you're committed to getting there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the ESL program Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, DR Morgan Coaching. And the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited. So go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self worth and great relationships. Hey, hey, it's your host, Dr. Morgan. How are you doing? Um, y'all, Betty White passed away before 2022 started. And I know that I'm sure a lot of you can relate that she, I mean, Betty White, how do you even begin to explain the energy that this woman gave off? She's so funny. She's positive. She's smiling. She's gorgeous into her 90s. I think we can all really learn from her just about her energy and her positivity the way she showed up in the world. Important to think about people who have such an impact on the world and try to take what we can from their legacy. Um, Anyways, I know I'm not the only one of you who was impacted by that. And I think it's a real beautiful thing to see just how much she impacted the world. And if we can learn from her and take those lessons and think about why was that? And one of the things that I realized is it's her her zest for life and her humor and her ability to be present and fully engaged with people. 
Anyways, just a little food for thought. Also a little random, I have to tell you all, I think I have trained my boyfriend very, very well, (laughs) which I know is hilarious to say, but I have to tell you all, this is so funny to me. Today, uh, I was talking about, um, oh gosh, this is embarrassing to admit. I'm just, I'm going to be honest, going to be honest with y'all. I was talking about how I probably have too many leggings because you all know I am addicted to athletic wear. I'm an athletic wear connoisseur. I love finding leggings for working out, partly because honestly, it helps my workouts. I swear, if I have a good pair of leggings and I feel like I like how they look and they feel good, it does help my workout. But it's gone to the point where I I do have too many because I keep them forever. I have Lululemon leggings from 2009 because I love them. Anyways, I have a lot. And I found a pair that I wanted, of course, right? I've been really obsessed lately with Coral, K-O-R-A-L. It's one of my favorite brands. I found this pair I really wanted. And I did this deep sigh and then my boyfriend's like, well, why are you sighing? Like, what's wrong? And I was like, oh, there's this pair of leggings I want and I really don't have any room. And he says, well, that doesn't sound like, I can't even say it without laughing. (laughs) He says, that doesn't sound like big hoop energy and you have big hoop energy. I was like, oh, do I? I said I said that to him at one point like months ago and somehow he remembered it and then he said it back to me in that moment and it just really warmed my heart because one it's hilarious and he's he is very funny and then two a partner who is so tuned in I can't even explain to you how good that feels, especially having a dating history with people who really weren't tuned in, who are pretty um, unavailable, right? Who are actually not wanting to connect. So having a partner now, and and I have had other secure relationships, but this is certainly the one that has felt the best. And I know that that's a reflection of where I'm at in my own healing. Anyways, that's a whole other thing. But he is so tuned in. He picks up on the littlest things and big hoop energy. That was that was one. Anyways, a little bit of humor to get us started today. Um, what today's episode is actually about, despite my Betty White rants and the little humorous thing from my boyfriend there, today's episode is actually about protest behavior. How many of you know what protest behavior is? Have you heard of it? So I think that some of you probably have. Um, Protest behavior is usually a behavioral strategy typically from my anxiously attached folks, but this can also come from other attachment styles, but 
This is where you are sometimes unconsciously, sometimes consciously enacting a behavior that is designed to, number one, either get a reaction out of your partner, get their attention, or number two, um, I don't know how to even say this. Number two, get the person to um, come back to you or sometimes leave. A protest behavior can also be for, for breakup. But most of the time, it's, hey, I am struggling here emotionally. There are things that I'm needing that you're not doing. I want to get your attention. You are not giving me enough. And what I need is reassurance. And instead of being able to articulate and express my need for reassurance in a healthy, assertive, securely attached way, instead of doing that, I will engage in protest behaviors. And I know so many of us have done these. I myself have. And I want to just talk about it and kind of talk about um, what to do instead, even though I sort of already mentioned it. But what are some examples of protest behavior? Let's talk about it. So one would be complete avoidance. And and I will say this. So like I said, I think these most commonly get brought up with anxious attachment. This can also come up with avoidant attachment. And um, so let's just say that these really can happen regardless of your attachment style, particularly disorganized attachment. If you experience both anxious anxious and avoidant attachment strategies, you probably experience protest behavior. Anyways, I just want that to be said. Um, Number one, an example would be withdrawing communication. So not communicating. You're not texting back. They texted you at 9 p.m. And even though there's that part of you that's like, oh, I want to respond, but I want them to suffer or I want them to think I'm not interested. So I'm not going to respond until 2 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. So avoiding the person, not calling, not texting. Another, the flip side of this as a protest behavior would be calling nonstop. So over communicating, right? How many of you have done this? Have you called more than seven times in a row? Sent more than five text messages? I know myself, I have done it, and I just want to acknowledge it's an attachment strategy for survival. Please, I'm giving myself compassion. Give your give yourself compassion if that's been you. It's okay. It's your attachment system dysregulated. You can and you will learn healthier ways of getting what you need. But in that moment, that is what your attachment system thought it needed to do to get reassurance. Okay, so just give yourself compassion. But yeah, so either cutting off communication or over communicating. What are some other? Yeah, so another one, and this is a pretty, pretty common one that we see in dysfunctional couples. 
um, is the threat to leave. So a protest behavior could be, well, if you don't X, Y, Z, then I'm going to leave. Or I always knew or telling the other person that you think they're going to leave you. Like I always knew that you would leave or I always knew I wasn't good enough for you and you were going to end the relationship. So bringing the threat of the relationship ending. Um, there's, you know, other protest behaviors as well. I can think of, um, withholding, withholding affection is one that I see in couples. Um, and sometimes this one in particular can happen unconsciously. You're not aware of why you're just not available for your partner Um, You don't want to be touched. You don't want to hold hands. You don't want anything physical. Um, This can be a protest behavior where something is off and instead of communicating about it, you can withhold affection. Okay. So those were some examples. I know that there's more... um, other protest behavior, I mean, this can even look like um, another one, which I think can also be confused sometimes with manipulation or even some narcissistic traits, would be hostility and some um, putting the other person down in some way. Sometimes with with protest behavior, we can find ourselves really distancing, emotionally distancing from someone. And I feel like I got to stop for a second. So think about protest behavior. What does it what does it mean? We're really protesting that we would be left. We don't want to be abandoned. So we have a couple ways of handling that, right? We're protesting the relationship ending, and we can either cling and over communicate and try to make it work and worship you and just tell you that you're, you know, the best and please don't leave me and da 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 da. Or we can say, well, hey, if I'm going to be abandoned, then I'm going to abandon you first. Or I'm going to make sure that you feel so bad that you won't abandon me. Right. And then once again, I'm not saying that this is healthy behavior. There's much better ways to handle fear of abandonment. Um, but ultimately, so if you are finding yourself being hostile or using any kind of manipulation, I want you to remember that that's not necessarily a narcissistic trait. That that can come from the desire to distance yourself from the relationship and to protect yourself from the pain of being abandoned by distancing yourself from the connection before the other person can say that they're done, right? So I think if if you think about this classic example of like if the person hasn't texted you and it's only been a couple hours, so, you know, a couple hours go by and you're like, hey, you must be busy, still thinking of you, hope you're having a great day, it's super nice. And then a couple more hours go by and you're like, hello, question mark. And then it's the next day. You still haven't heard what's going to happen. You're going to say, oh my gosh, you know, you are terrible at communicating. I should have never gotten involved with you. You're a terrible person, right? You're 
your protest behavior went from, hey, I want contact with you. I miss you. I need you to, ugh, you're terrible. Ew, get away from me, right? Like, think about this as it, we can show up in all of these different ways based on how we're feeling in the moment and what our attachment system is telling us we need in the moment. Okay. I hope that makes sense. So I think another form of protest behavior that doesn't get talked about as much is keeping score. So you might say like, well, I texted first five times or well, I'm the one to initiate plans and I've done it three times and he's only done it twice. So there's kind of this protest behavior of, well, I want to ensure I'm not being abandoned. If I really make sure that everything's equal, then I won't be abandoned, right? So, okay, we've explored protest behavior. I've tried to explain it as best I can. I hope that some of the examples I gave help you make it make sense for you. Let's just talk about what do you do instead? What can you do instead of protest behavior? I'm going to give you some steps. Number one, notice what you are feeling. Sit with it with yourself first. Journal. Ask yourself, what am I feeling? What do I need? Get really, really clear on your emotions and what's coming up for you. And you want to be very curious. What is this about? What does it remind me of? Most of us in our romantic relationships are touching upon childhood wounds. So it probably reminds you of an earlier experience. And we want to make sure that the reaction that you have to the current romantic interaction, that it's not displacement that you're not taking your childhood stuff and taking it out currently. So that requires that you slow down. So throw your phone out the window if you have to. I'm just kidding. Don't throw it out the window, but turn it off. Put it in a drawer. Get your journal out instead, right? Anytime you're thinking, oh my gosh, I have to have my phone with me in case they respond. That is a clear sign that you are very that your attachment system is very activated and you would really benefit from time away from your phone and to actually give energy to yourself, okay? So that's that first step. Really sit with yourself, sit with your emotions. Number two, I like this, and, and there's other ways to do this, but I'm giving you a framework for now. And the second step I would say is, hey, write out everything you would want to say to that person write it out or text it out. I mean, ideally you would, you would write it because there's something about writing, you know, research shows we just process more emotionally when we are actually writing things out. And then after that, step number three, notice how you feel. Where are you at? Are you at a place where you still need to communicate with a person? And if you are, so if you've Notice how you're feeling. You've practiced some self-soothing. That's that step one, right? You've identified what is this about? Is it about my childhood? You're, you're doing that inner work. That's step one. Number two, you write out total free write, whatever you would want to say to that person. And then step three 
it depends. You may not even, you may be good after step one and step two, but step three is send whatever still feels relevant and you want to be thinking from a securely attached state of mind. And I have other episodes on secure attachment. Um, We also have obviously the ESL program where we help you move to secure attachment. But you want to do your best to be in that place where I don't need, I don't have any expectations over their response. I'm simply communicating because I want to communicate for me so that I express where I'm at. When we get into that place of, well, I need a certain response or I absolutely will feel crushed if I don't get a response, it's really not a good place for us to be communicating from. So protest behavior can really derail relationships. It can really turn off our partners because if we're engaging in protest behavior when we feel when when we feel anxiously attached or avoidantly attached and we we don't feel emotionally safe in the relationship and we're questioning whether or not the relationship will work out or where the other person is at when we get in that place part of the securely attached relationship is that you learn how to navigate that in a healthy way when we have so much protest behavior, what can happen is it really, well, number one, it exhausts us and it makes us think that relationships are super hard and we don't even want to be in them at some point. And then number two, it can really push away our partner because they might feel like they don't know how to give us what we need because what we really need is we need ourselves. We need to be working on how can I help myself feel safe? And and obviously, there are times when I guess I need, and it's. I think sometimes it's hard to give you an exact framework because every relationship is different. So I do want to just throw this in there that, hey, if you are with a partner who is constantly causing you to want to exhibit protest behaviors and you're doing your part of, hey, I'm working to self-soothe, I'm moving to secure attachment, and yet I still feel this constant need to want to text them. I just feel really unsure. That might be a sign that that's not the relationship for you or that that person does not have the emotional capacity to show up in the relationship in a way that would cause you to feel emotionally safe. And there's a couple things there. It's either, hey, that person is not your person because they're not willing to co-create the kind of secure attachment that you need. Or or it's a sign that, hey, you, you have some healing to do before you can show up in a relationship and, and have it feel good to both parties. So once again, this will depend on the relationship. But if you have someone where you find yourself in a protest behavior cycle every other day, it's pretty likely that person's not emotionally available, doesn't have capacity. Um, The right partner for you will want to co-create secure attachment with you. And 
when you learn to ask for reassurance in a healthy way, and then they can provide you with that reassurance, and obviously you are doing the same for them, you also provide them with reassurance. What happens is there's a lot of reassurance during the foundational stages of the relationship. And then as the relationship progresses, less reassurance is needed because the foundation is so strong. So it's a paradox. In the beginning, to build secure attachment, it requires more communication, getting good at asking for reassurance from a securely attached place. And then once you've built that, you don't have to really ask for it as much. You know it's there. Of course, there will be times you still ask, but you ask for it much less. Okay. I hope this episode was helpful to you because I've been wanting to talk about protest behavior and what to do instead. And one of my goals is really just to help you know that there's nothing wrong with you if you've engaged in protest behavior and knowing that that's simply a dysregulated attachment system. And no matter your attachment style, you can move towards being more securely attached. All right, y'all. I hope this was helpful. You know, of course, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.